<laughs> hey there, welcome to Pop Culture Cupid. I'm Alison, love coach, here to help you single people find your way back to love. And I'm Michal, I'm a single life coach. I help singles embrace themselves and their singleness, as well as develop a healthy self-relationship. In this podcast, we will look at how pop culture impacts romance, dating, and your love life. And each week, we'll shoot another arrow through another pop culture delusion. I, I thought we weren't going to do the whole cheesy <laughs> thing. And then burst into smithereens. <laughs> oh my god, dude, that's so cringe! <sighs> Sorry, it's in the intro now. <laughs> if you make it through the chaos and you enjoy what you hear, please leave a comment, like, subscribe, and go to all the social media. At Popculture Cupid on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. Enjoy. enjoy. Hi. Yeah. Hello, 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 hello. Oh, it's so damn cold. Ah, yeah. Here it's not that damn cold. Um, saying beforehand, it's a bit up and down here. Like, suddenly it's not winter anymore. Like, suddenly there's sun shining, and uh, oh, but who knows? No, that the the problem with the, well, I don't know about problem, but the um, thing is with the city where I live in. Well, first of all, France is a country where we've all, we've got the four seasons. Like you know, we've got you know just the four climates each time. But the city where I live yeah. in is that the the heat comes in and settles and then stays. And so once it's hot, it is just melting hot. And then yeah. it's the same with the cold. It goes like grows from hot to cold. And like you've got a couple of weeks of spring because of the city and the walls. And then the cold sets in and then it is just cold. It's impossible to heat up because of the architecture and things like that. So mm. we're either very, very hot or very, very cold in the summer and winter times we've got a good spring and a good fall but for that sounds like <laughs> it's just i mean i mean i personally just give up in in winter i just you know i wear hoodies and everything and i'm I, and gloves and and everything i'm just like i'm just preparing for the cold because yeah it's insane so it's so cold right now i've got i've got my huge team and, and we're only in the beginning of winter i know we thought we just we talked about um questions uh from google and i thought yeah was, yeah there's just just before i kind of logged off my computer and logged on to this i saw this post from somebody who was saying um avoiding love for fear of being hurt is like avoiding living for fear of dying yeah he said it I, it. I mean, I think I. I think I did an okay job translating it, but it was in French, and I was like, <laughs> "And this guy, this guy is. He's in my Facebook like friends, but I haven't spoken to him in years, and it's very surprising for me to see that type of profound like speech from him. Um, but I thought that is that is a very good way of looking of putting it of just. It's you know, fight as we've said, finding love is not the. The, it should not be your like main objective in life but don't yeah. go avoiding it either which is exactly what people accuse you of saying and that you don't say and I thought I'd open it I have that as an opener it's a good opener especially since there's so many things in life that we don't do or that we avoid or that we 
miss out on because we're too scared of losing, of getting hurt, of falling, of failing. And there's a quote that says, I can't remember who says this, but um, it's pretty popular. That says that the surest way to fail is to give up. Yeah. Completely true. And yeah. And so if you if if you live by that logic of of not doing something because you're scared but it won't of work. getting hurt or losing it, then you're sort of missing out on life. And and isn't that scarier of living your life just exactly. numb of anything and bland yeah. without any spice or anything to it? Exactly. You know, people evolve because you know human beings in general are risk takers. Yeah, it's why. You know, we could, it's up for debate to say that we're the most intelligent species because having technology does <laughs> not make us intelligent, but we're not here to talk yeah. about that. But we are the most evolved in our technology, you know, and, and and traveling and discovering the world. Like, we're just the most evolved and that's that. And it's because human yeah. beings are are the biggest risk takers because, you know, they're, the human beings are the ones that just got up and went to explore really further mm-hmm. away. But, you know, went, you know, tried to float on water when they couldn't and then fly and things like that and it and so it comes you know and then so same for you dear listener you individual little self if you don't take any risks then you're not going to grow and you're not going to go be discovering you know amazing new worlds and so yeah you discover by trial and error exactly 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 and I think some of these questions I don't know how you came to get your list of questions but I used answer the public where basically I just use keywords and it's the most asked question oh oh, I I tried to use that and I couldn't figure it out it's a bit complicated for me but maybe maybe I'm just not savvy as I thought but I was (laughs) looking up actually on google and looking up at all the questions that came up first for different keywords Okay, do you wanna do you wanna you do one, I do one and see how we go? Yeah, sure, let's go. You start. Okay, so um how can I find love in my forties? And Ooh. So it sets so I actually you, saw one like that about thirties. So it's funny because the answer to the public, they say which one is most Googled and like research in a go mainly Google but also Yahoo and I yeah. think and the biggest one is how to find love in your 40s. So it, and I I can't, I don't know the t- statistics, but I don't think that there are more single people in their 40s than in their 30s or in their 50s. I just think that it, what, what it translates to me is that people who are single in their 40s are more preoccupied about being single in their 40s rather than people in their 30s and people in their 50s. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not... I'm, sorry I'm not I'm not you know I'm not gonna go talk about what's different than your 40s and 30s and 50s because my answer and then you can answer but my answer is it doesn't change like you know people who put that in your 40s is because they think that it's different you know it's it's probably different to when you're in your early 20s with no emotional baggage but as soon as you've got emotional baggage you know, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, like we're all the same. We're all just <laughs> out there looking for love. We've got different emotional baggage, but, you know, everybody's kind of looking for somebody their own age. So everybody's kind of, you know, gotten a bit older and things like that. So how to find love when you're in your 40s, 
I think I, I, I just want to address that in your 40s that you need to not consider yourself as a single 40 year old person you're just a single mm -hmm. person looking for love and and don't make a big deal out of being 40 because personally the clients that I have I've had you know people in their 20s 30s 40s and 50s and it, they are all the same they are all the same all just you know it's all the same stuff of going on tinder going on bumble going into bars first second third day like it is not exactly the same because each person is different but the strategy is more or less the same so my answer to that is take away that in your 40s you are just single and it's you know you will find love forget about your age it doesn't matter yeah well I'm not a 40s expert but I feel like it's just become because 30 is like sort of the new 20. So now 40 is the new 30. So whereas we used to pressure 30 year olds, I think now the, the majority of the pressure is on 40 years old. Maybe. Um, just a humble theory by yours truly. But it's, it, yeah, I think you said it very well. There's not really one, one right for It could be just as difficult to find the right person for you when you're 20 yeah 40 it, I, I don't think an age has much to do with it I think it's just a matter of mentality and putting yourself out there and understanding that age is not what's going to limit you there's going to be someone in your age group no matter what age group you are and when you want to find someone and you do it properly then there's no reason why not I I watched this film um I can't remember it's triple alliance or like this really cheesy film with Cameron Diaz and two other blonde actresses and one of them is married to the guy the other is the girlfriend the other is the mistress and anyway and the wife is like oh my god my husband is cheating me on cheating on me with two other women I need to divorce him and I've only ever been single in my 20s and when you're in your 20s everybody is single but now I'm in my, I'm in my 50s and no one's single and that that's just wrong not everyone is single in their 20s because we see a lot of people getting married at 22, 23, 24, mm -hmm. probably too young. And they're just in a same. I think, yeah. the I mean, I don't have the statistics, but from what I see, the proportions are probably not exactly the same, but very similar. Yeah, I mean, you see what you focus on and you see what you want to see at the end of the day. And just... I mean, when you're in your 20s, so many people date around and it's never, uh, I don't think it's ever, like, you can, you can't really say, like, people are more single in their 20s than they are in their 50s. It's not true. Especially these days, a lot of people are ready for their next phase. And some would say that it's even easier to find when you're in your 50s because now you're more 50s or 40s or whatever it is because now you're past that non-bullshit phase like uh -huh. you're not willing to take up with any bullshit and so now you know what you want you're willing to to go for it you're not willing to compromise and you're not going to put up with any bullshit along the way yeah. whereas in your 20s you're too you're too caught up in all the games and whatever you're gonna say I was gonna say you are willing to compromise on certain things and oh I for sure that's always you should you're not, not be able to you're not willing to compromise on your values, but you are willing to compromise on certain things that you're probably not yeah. not the same when you're 20. 
And oh, I, I for sure. With, I would agree with you that it's it, in your forties. It's less dating around, and it's more date like you've got maybe got a bit less dates, but like quicker to get serious. So all in all, it's the same. Oh. Yeah, because you know what you want already. You're established. You don't need to play to play the field. You don't. Yeah. You understand the real priorities, like of what to put your focus on and what's not as significant as you would think when you're in your twenties. Like even to these days, I'm in my thirties, and there's certain things when I was in my twenties that it would be so important to me that I wouldn't be willing to to compromise on. But when I'm in my 40s, sorry, when now I'm in my 50s, now I'm in my 50s, now I'm in my where 30s. Are you, where are you going with this? Oh my God, what's happening to my brain today? Um, Now that I'm in my 30s, um, there's certain things that I've realized it just really doesn't make a difference. And you, you, you just learn what the real important things in life are. And you know yourself better and, you're, and you know what you want from life and from yourself. Yeah. So, okay. So she move on. So, so yeah, I was like, in conclusion, it'll be easier. Um, put yourself out there, and call one of us to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Yo. Well, well, I I actually looked up in three different categories. I looked up in in for single life, for finding love, and for relationships. Which one should I start with? Relationships. Sorry relationships just random yeah just random let's do that um what are good relationship rules how yeah it's a good question it is a good question I didn't even think about that when I was looking up and it was like one of the first questions that came up and I think it is important to establish rules in a relationship not only for yourself yeah. So again, know what you're willing to put up with and, and what your red lines are and what you're willing to compromise on and what not, but also within the relationships. Now, it to be like rules where you get punished if you don't abide by them and it shouldn't be restricting to the point where you feel like you can't breathe. But you have some form of rules that help you communicate better and that help you understand each other better and that help you avoid miscommunications or just getting into all the wrong situations, into all the wrong arguments and to help you choose your battles. I think that's great. And I think it's worth mentioning it's you know we're talk- we're we're talking about romantic relationships, but it is also true for relationships with your friends and with your family. Oh, sure, you know, and just setting rules. And for I I I don't do this, but I should have certain rules with my friends. But I definitely have rules with my mother of boundary setting. So that's one thing. I'm trying to think about rules with with JT. Um, and I don't think we used to do this thing where. We would give it like we would give each other a grade of um like zero to ten, um mm-hmm. five being like no zero being I really do not care about this, five being I care about it, but I trust you, and ten being like you do not do this, I will break up with you, and <laughs> you know cheating or something, and then you know yeah, 
And so at the beginning we did it a lot and we did it get we did it again this weekend, but so it didn't really we so the thing that we do is that I I if we get close to an uncomfortable situation, um one of us will say this is, you know, a six out of ten, a seven out of ten, you know, triggering. And yeah. and we've never said this is ten out of ten, I'll break up with you. Um I, he may have said it once to me on something really like not controlling at all and I won't go into detail but I think that's a good way of setting you know of getting a good like just a good idea about where the, this other person is and how you can understand because what's triggering for him is not triggering for me and vice versa so it was it was a good way for us to kind of just understand where we were and you know what were this you know touchy subjects for the other yeah I, I was thinking about it and I, I feel like in my relationship we don't really call it like rules to say like it's not something that we set and establish as rules that we have to abide by it was more like because my boyfriend and I have have lots of open I was going to say conversations and then communication um all the time we talk about things as they come up and I feel, first of all I feel like that's one of the best ways to have a healthy relationship is when you don't wait for things to pop up and become a problem or an issue or for them to to become to start to become an argument or to be irritating or to sweep under the rug I feel you should talk about things as you go along just have an open just have commu like open communication just discussions about different things that come up and how you feel and some of your values and, and it just comes up when you just allow it to be something that is talked about in a light and easy manner and not only once it becomes an issue and then it's heavier and harder to solve for example we I think I spoke about this before but we recently had sort of an argument I don't know what to, to call it and I I told him I don't want us to get to a point where we're, we're scared to talk to each other because what was it we're like so scared of losing each other yeah that you're not going to bring up the hard topics yeah no what was it that um oh I lost my my uh train of train thought. of thought yeah what was it that um oh okay sorry about that um that I don't have to every time we have a, an argument or a disagreement I don't want to have to 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 be scared that this is what's gonna break us or that this is something that is gonna make one of us want to break up I want it I don't want to have to worry about this every single time we have an argument and so we need to trust each other that we're not gonna let petty arguments and small things blow up in our faces yeah. if you understand what I mean like we yeah. have to have open communications even when when we're angry and we're not gonna just give up because we had an argument yeah 
that's I, I, that, that's a good rule to have and I would add to that something about oh, I can't remember the technique of it for some reason um it'll come back to me um but basically <laughs> it's when I'm upset with him or he's upset with me we will do something where it's like a, a two-ended rule where if I'm upset with him like let's say he let's say I don't know he came home late or like he arrived later than he was supposed to or something mm-hmm. um I can't say you arrived late and I'm angry I have to say I feel upset that you know our timing wasn't respected I feel abandoned I feel I feel taken for granted I feel taken you know for, for nothing things like that I'm upset I like it when you know either you know I know that things are going to be delayed or pushed back but I just like to be aware and I I don't use the word you because I'm not accusing him because he you know even though it may be his fault it's always kind of an attack so that's the first side of that rule of that kind of the way we talk and the second side of that is that whilst I'm talking about my feelings he cannot talk about his like this is my moment and so I'm trying I will do my very best of you know not using the word you and not accusing him of anything you know you did that you did that you did that I just don't do that and then he will receive it in a sense okay I hear you I hear you and then when he needs to talk about his feelings then we wait for a bit you know a couple of hours or the day or whatever and then we do the same in the other way around like he'll express it he won't be accusing me and I I can't really you know react to his things like it's his things it's not always easy to do that um usually it's something that you know people in therapy do with like you know we you've got the therapist who's the mediator and kind of brings everything back um but for the, the semi-heated arguments so you know you've got the arguments that are useless and then you've got the big ones that it's difficult to manage but the middle ones of that type of thing that you know you can try doing that yeah not, we've we've sorry just not not accusing yeah we've had the the same sort of conversation about when you have when you when something happens that that bothers you or when when you get insulted or you get hurt or whatever it is there's a manner of which you can say things because if you're just going to be accusatory that's going to shut them this going to shut them off and it's going to make them clam up and not be able to hear you and what you want to say and it's going to make them feel attacked so you need to know how to to tell them what you're feeling and to portray it in a way where it's not accusatory and it and and you shouldn't want that shouldn't be your prerogative either you should want to say it calmly explain to them so they can understand you and they shouldn't become all defensive. They should be open-minded and understand. And again, in many of these situations, you discover that there's a lot of things that you both did wrong in the situation. And yes, he may have done something that upset you, but you might have done something as well that triggered them. Exactly. Or you 
so so it's always a, it's always it's very dynamic and it's very important to to know how to express yourself properly it's important for them to know how to listen yeah without being judgmental without being defensive and saying i get it it's fine i understand i did i did something that that was harmful or hurtful or whatever it was and to accept that and to be able to to learn from it and move forward and do better together like at the end of the day the the in a relationship you want to solve things you don't want to be right you don't want to win an argument you want to solve it together in a productive manner where you can learn from it and do better in the future together and we were talking about this also the other day that um again we have a lot of these conversations um where he was saying that what was it that he that he 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 the times that he was scared to say something because or in past relationships anytime he 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 shared or expressed something then she would make him feel bad for it or she would make him feel guilty and i and when you make someone feel guilty for sharing or expressing themselves, then you're the one with the issue and not them. When you try, even even if they did something wrong, when you try to make them feel bad for it or them for it, then you're part of the problem here as well. 100% agree with that sentiment. <laughs> you know, these these that the world we live in is not black and white and whenever i would have this type of conversation with less open-minded people people who just you know just different types of people they would say oh but you know um and they and they would and bring up these extreme circumstances of like oh what about hitler and what about this and what about that and what about <laughs> and it's just like you don't you don't use these extreme examples don't use you know same for you know trans people abortion talk or like things like that and of just the people defending the arguments keep using these extreme circumstances and that's not the Mm -hmm. right attitude you know it's not the right you know you need to be thinking about you know there's a spectrum of colors and it's not you know it's not from left to right but it's forward to front and up and down like it's a 4d world you know and it's just where do we you know position ourselves in each each situation and so yes in a situation where you know people can't really express themselves and and the the consequence of that is that they behave in a way where it's not amazing but it's not of real consequence so you know it's a spectrum so you and you know you want to be thinking about yes they yes they did this but how big was the consequence not that big okay so maybe you're part of the problem so I completely agree with that with that sentiment and it's you know need to things that are not black and white and I think to come back to your question of what's a good rule in a relationship is to is to actually talk about as you do with your boyfriend talk about these things all the time because you know, it's just so fine, the details and everything, it's so precise, like some little things and, you know, so 
it all comes yeah. down to talking without judgment like you know and and then if you feel triggered by something by just talk like you know because talking is before actions if you yourself feel triggered by something then you want to be you know thinking about why that's affecting you and then just like question yourself and i'm not saying that you're wrong for being triggered i'm saying that that's those are your feelings so you need to make those very clear for yourself before talking to them about it yeah and giving them the benefit of the doubt and not reacting before you understand the situation because yeah. more often than not we tend to straight away go into um what's the opposite of defense uh, offense oh, offense yeah <laughs> well you go into attacking mode yeah. before you actually hear them out listen to what happened and and yeah 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 100 percent, 110 percent agree with you yeah should we move on to the next question yeah um i it's a d- different like well we're changing kind of like the mood but i had <laughs> something called who who found love and it it brought me back to something that a, a girl that i used to know had said that she she read this article that of this harvard literary literary professor whatever was saying that love was a 20th century construction and it doesn't really exist and blah 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 and mm. and i found that so annoying because she wasn't even saying 20th century she was saying 21st century yeah yeah she was like like well 1990s and like romance and she and her whole article like this two-page article was talking about all of this and i was like that is the stupidest thing i've ever heard ever read and i'm so disappointed that it's coming from a harvard person because you want to think that these people are the highest educated people and they you know i've recently lost respect for all of for harvard and all of these uh yes supposedly um semi i don't know the best universities in the world apparently not exactly (laughs) apparently they're not because with this i could come up and i'm not particularly well versed in you know millennia of literature literature yeah. but off the top of my head I can come up with Shakespeare Victor Hugo Moliere uh, Greek authors that they talk about love like Helen of Troy and things like that and it's just like what are you on about so so the answer of who so I just wanted to bring that one up of just who found love no love has always existed and certain psychologists will talk about how you know, it's, um, how do you call it? Conditioning. You know, it's, it starts yeah. off with conditioning and it's like, well, sure, whatever. But it is it is still, you know, love. Whatever whatever it is, if we think it's magical, hormonal, whatever. Conditioning or whatever. Because, you know, yes, it seems normal that, you know, these psychologists, you'll have some that they say, oh, look, it's fake because it's just conditioning. And others will be like, well, no, you learn to love the people that do nice things for you and make you feel good like we'll call that conditioning but that doesn't mean it's negative just as if you want your kids to behave well then you will reward them and you will 
it doesn't have to be a bad word yes it's conditioning you learn to love the people that make you feel good and that remind you of something familiar and that's that so who who found love I mean now I'm thinking you know who found love should it could have also just been the question you know a list of celebrities that were in love um but anyway (laughs) I wanted to just address that of just it is definitely not a, a like late 1990s construction it is something that has been around for a long while forever it's just an emotion just like any other just like fear is that you know conditioning and all of this you know your thoughts yeah I don't think it's something that we can really measure or decide or it's again it's just it's it's a feeling it's an emotion it's a compatibility matter that's just very natural I think it's part of being human yeah it's it's also it's difficult for me to answer that question because it's just it's like asking what is love or it's it's, yeah it's very hard to answer that there's no way of uh really saying like when and how and who started it and who actually felt love and who didn't and what's made up and what's wishful thinking I don't know yeah, yeah. who knows so yeah so I just just stop believing these bitter people of just that if they choose to be single and they choose to you know that's fine that's fine but they're, if they're saying that these positive things are just a social construct and we should give up then just stop it yeah you know people are using it as an excuse because they couldn't find love yeah or they get love and they've had a difficult time to find love so they're like then love must not be real yeah exactly Um, love must be the problem not myself yeah 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 Yeah. recently happening a lot with um what do they call themselves with um with the gen z oh my god oh my god that, that when when they discover that something is isn't isn't the truth they thought it they were so they just use they just decide that that's the blame it can't be possibly true so yeah yeah people have trouble kind of they can't accept the truth and they feel more comfortable with their lie so instead of accepting that it's the truth and they've been lying to themselves, then they're just going to say the truth is the lie. Yeah. And and because the world is just, like, so ever-changing, like, what was true for, like, my parents told me to study and go to school and do this and do that. And because when they were my age, that's just how things worked. It was, you know, mm-hmm. for the majority of people, if you went to school and got a master's degree, you would just get a good job with good money. But it's just not true anymore I mean it's true for some but today it's just not true anymore and 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 the more we go the the more like the faster things are changing so you know generations used to be 15 years and then it used to be 10 years and now two generations is something like it's four or five years between two generations because they calculate it in a like you know how savvy will they be with technology and how how are things working for them and it's just because so it's moving so fast that 
before you know they'd had these long periods of time because this is going to be the same for everyone and actually it's not the case anymore so it's accepting all of these things anyway <laughs> anyway we're digressing. we're digressing it as we as we do but yeah so just as we do I, you know, love is not a social construct it's an emotion it's a human emotion it's a lot of animals feel that emotion and if you believe that the, your dog loves you and you don't think that has got anything to do with conditioning you're wrong and it doesn't matter mm-hmm. it doesn't make that doesn't make it any less true that they love you and you love them yeah. my turn let's move on maybe a question about being single yeah which i which i always love um how do I accept that I am single? Which is a difficult thing for us, especially these days, speaking of love. It's very difficult for us to accept the fact that we're... Because we often see it as the end of the world. And it's hard for us well, it really depends on the situation. It can be difficult for us if we've always been in relationships and suddenly now we're single and it's hard for us to accept the new status. Or we've only ever been single and we just can't, it just, we can't accept it. It, it just annoys us that we can't seem to find someone. And I think that more often than not not accepting our singlehood is what prevents us from finding love and what is making us actually be miserable so instead of fighting it and trying to force something to happen or or, or just trying to control what we can't control is just making the most of it and just deciding to to go with it instead of trying to fight it just go with the flow and find the ways to fill up your single life that helps you have fun with yourself make your dreams come true that because again there's more to life than just having a relationship and just falling in love yeah I I agree and I don't know that I like that that sentence, how do I accept that I am single? Like, oh, yeah, it, it's kind of like, how do I accept that, that I lost my job? And how do I accept that that I'm a size 40 instead of a size 38 or like L instead of M or whatever? Like these things are not something that are just, I actually forget about the, the 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 clothes size because some people it is genetic but lost your job or or how do I accept this or whatever these situations are not situations that you are condemned to stay in the rest of your life you know mm-hmm. you want to accept something that you can't change so for example you know how how do I accept that my boyfriend never puts his socks away or that how do I accept the fact that my husband cheated on me? Or how do I accept the fact that my friend and I will never agree on this or, or whatever? Like, these are things that are, on, you know, probably never going to change. And so that's a good thing to just, you know, how do you accept it? But single, you know, it's not something that you should have to accept 
in the sense that it is not this big thing that will change your life. How do I accept my breakup? How do I accept my divorce? Yes, those things are final. How do you move on from that? Those things are final. But how do I accept that I'm single? Like this is a situation that may change and and for it to change, you need to not make a big deal out of it. So if you need to make a big deal out of being single, then you you know you're probably going to stay single for a while. Whereas if you just do what you said, which is just you just live your life and you know think about you know what how you want your life to look like and how you want to be spending your time and things like that and you know how do I accept that I lost my leg? How do I accept that? <laughs> that I you know these things these things that you cannot change yes how do I accept them but you know other things of how do I accept being single or how do I accept I don't know many things that can change then it's that you're, you're not asking yourself the right question yeah you're focusing on the wrong things instead of because because again it's it's very dynamic it your your status changes and it's not something that's going to be forever and instead of just focusing on what you you can control right now and what you can do at the moment you 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 become obsessed over being single and when when you're just constantly asking yourself how do I accept this as if it's the end of the world yeah that is what makes you get stuck in in a rut and it makes you uh, it, it makes you stuck in the worst type of being single if if that makes sense instead of making your single life be incredible which it can be yeah uh, yeah 100 I 100% agree with that it's you know some of the questions that came up for when I was looking around love was how to find love after a divorce, how to find love after a breakup. Well, then that that's not, again, that's not the right way of looking at it. You know, how how to live after a breakup, how to live after a divorce, you know, these, these big events. I was like, yeah, I would agree that. But if you want to find love after something that you seemingly have not accepted because it's still part of your thought process, then, you know, you're not, you're, you know, it's how to learn how to run before walking. Well, no, you need to learn to walk. So get over this big event. And then and then we'll talk about finding love. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So how to accept that I'm single? Well, stop thinking about the fact that you're single and start thinking about how you want your life to look like. And. And yeah, I guess I guess that's yeah. my two cents. And also understand that it's not the end of the world and it's not what um, determines your value. It doesn't make you better or worse than anyone else and it doesn't make you more pathetic or sad or lonely. It doesn't make you worse than someone that's in a relationship. It's just what it is. It's just your status. It's not, you know, it's not making a big deal out of it and not letting anyone else make a big deal out of it. And if someone does, and that's their problem, and you just do you and move on. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> should we do one more, or what, how are we on timing? I think I think we're around 40, uh, 40 minutes. Should we do one more each? Yeah, let's do one more. Um, I have a lot of of uh, I had a lot of like percentages, like what. 
percentage compatibility because I looked at like French words and English words and in France we've got this show um which is married at first sight basically um mm -hmm. so and so people go through this process of you know they and then and then these professional psychologists whatever will determine a percentage of compatibility and then you know and they say oh you're 78 percent compatible with this person so you're you know we picked you guys to be married and that and so you've got a bunch of percentage questions on the Eng english and french side and i was um stop like what percentage to find love or what percentage you know uh, whatever like how compatible are people and it's like, you need to take numbers out of it because what does that even mean honestly what do, i love i love married at first sight for all the same reasons that i love love is blind you know it's just these it's it's good bad television you know but don't let those things influence you like that those numbers do not mean anything because imagine like you're 99% with compatible with someone <clears throat> on all fronts you eat the same think the same you know do every like see your family everything like you travel but the one he's a murderer like he's a murderer <laughs> so you're yeah. Yeah, that doesn't mean anything and so I, I i i'm doing what i said not to do which is to go to the extremes but you know it, it doesn't mean anything it's so complicated because you know one person will say you know for example my friend i don't i'm not a fan of, I, I, i'll like a surprise in the sense that here's a fl here are flowers or here's some chocolate or whatever like i like these types of surprises i'm a bit materialistic sometimes but I don't like surprise events. Like I don't, I would not enjoy, you know, my boyfriend picking me up and saying, we're going out to a fancy restaurant. Like I want to, I want to know about it, shower, blah, blah, blah. I want to get ready for it. And a friend of mine loves those things. So what do we say? I love surprises, but not that type of surprise. And somebody else, you know, it's so complicated. Just take, just take numbers out of it. You know, what percentage Am I compatible with my boyfriend? What percentage, you know, to find love, things like that. How find love percentage or whatever. Just just take the numbers out. See how this person makes you feel. And if they fit your core values, the rest can change. Yeah. It's not something you've got the formula or anything like that. And it's not something that I don't think that can be scientifically proven or there's no one right way that, we can show how people can are compatible or not compatible. It's just it, it's just not something that is one track. Like there's so many different ways to fall in love. There's so many different ways to to be compatible with another person, and we can we can find one person who is very different from us, but we still fall in love with them, and we still somehow make it work. Or there can be someone else that's like exactly like us and we can not fall in love with them at all because I don't know like this there could be someone who we have the same interests we have the same mindset we have the same because that train of thought. family member you know it could be yeah a, it could be anything you know forget about just 
take numbers out of it? It's just not a. It's just not a num matter of numbers and statistics, and you can't say, "Oh, this person is most compatible for you because you both like Jennifer Aniston or whatever it is." Exactly. It it's just not something that you can calculate, and it's just not. I mean, it could be that with one person, I like them for being spontaneous and could be with another person I'll hate that they're spontaneous it's, just, it's very dynamic exactly I mean I was talking about it with friends of JT yesterday and about Oedipus complex and things like that and honestly if I if if I describe everything that I love about JT mm -hmm. it resembles my dad and my brother a lot like <laughs> yeah frighteningly a lot but and we had a you know it was a, a light-hearted conversation but I have a good relationship with my dad and a great relationship with my well both my brothers but one is like very similar to my dad anyway um and it would like I'm, I'm thinking about it now because of the conversation but it would never never ever ever cross my mind to it's like my fantasize around my oh you just can't even say it can't even say it so yeah so there are many reasons why you know it's just so many different things that make a relationship so just take numbers out of it just you know it's so complicated take numbers out of it forget about percentage yeah that would that's something that just annoys me with um love at first sight we also have it here in israel we have our own uh, version of it stopped it a long time ago because i don't know i feel like it, it's they try to make it in a way that just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, it's not natural. It just doesn't feel... Yeah, because they're counting too much on, on compatibility. It's not, as, it's not even as if, you know, they're... It just no, sorry, I'm not making any sense anymore. But no, it just doesn't. I don't. I don't. Doesn't work. Last no. question. No. Yeah, last question. I have a good one. Oh, Go on. here we are. Um, how to get someone to love you? <laughs> Which, at the end of the day, no matter how much we want to try to get someone to love us, I don't think there is a way to get someone to love you when you have to make someone fall in love with you you have to force it to happen then it's just not it yeah I, I remember there's a there's a lot of like um love gurus and a lot of people where I've, I've actually you know when I was infatuated or when I had a crush on someone when I looked up how do I get them to to like me too and so they have all this way of ways to 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 talk to them and different instructions that they give you and different like messages that you should send them and how you should react to them and how you should tease them and how you should flirt with them and that's just something that doesn't work in my in my opinion i don't think you if you have to start playing games like so then it's just not it with the right person it will just happen 
you'll just have that connection with them as you get to know each other I it's funny about that type of I think especially in my line of work where I help people on dates like I will sprinkle some like you know maybe you want to do it like that and maybe you want to say it like this but it will it will just be sprinkles of just you know I'll help you avoid faux pas but I have this friend this dear friend of mine who had a huge crush on me um a million years ago he's married living in Holland right now he's anyway and and so so this was a 15 years ago I mean and so we we've been you know we've had a couple of big arguments but we've been close friends you know for as you know for 15 years and recently maybe a couple of years ago um he would have said you know you and I would have been so compatible if you had just gotten over certain things about myself how you know how could I you know he was frustrated about he never was able to get me to fall in love with him He's right in the sense that there are certain things that we were very and still are quite compatible on but there are these things where we were just not and one of the main example is main examples is that I want kids and he doesn't and and he enjoys these things you know and and he so he enjoys you know these really fantasy world things that I I just it's not that I hate them it's just I'm just not into that thing and I enjoy things that he just snot into either and it's just it's just it clashes with each other and so with that in mind you know he could have forced his way into my life and maybe I would have gone on dates with him but it would have just gotten to a point where I want kids and you don't and so it would just end so you know, if you need to be forcing yourself into someone's life, like forcing, then you need to accept that that's just not the right person for you. Yeah, it either works or it doesn't. They either fall in love with you or they don't. And you shouldn't have to work hard for them to fall in love. Certainly to put on a mask or pretend to be someone that you're not. You shouldn't have to pretend to be cooler than you are for them to fall in love with you. You shouldn't have to constantly worry about saying the right thing or saying the wrong thing or finding ways to know your certain values. You don't have to pretend to be something that you're not and you don't have to exaggerate the person that you are for them to fall in love with you. If if it's meant to be and if they fall in love with you, then they'll fall in love with you for, for being you, for being true to yourself, for just being natural. And if they don't, then it's just not it. It's yeah. not compatible and that's okay. And the more we try to to get someone to fall in love with us and focus on the wrong person, it just making us, it just keeps us further away from the right people for us. And we just lose sight of ourselves and we we pretend to be someone that we're not. And we're, we're just getting further and further away from meeting the right people because we're too focused on someone that isn't right for us. If I had to say, um, well, you know, give some sort of an, of an answer without saying, you know, accept the situation. I'm thinking about the film Hitch. And so what he does, and I think I think that's the key, is just he helps his clients to Will Smith helps the other guy 
get in front of this woman like you know put yourself in a certain situation where she knows that you exist and then be yourself and so yeah. and so I would try and, and and it works and it works and I would translate that to if they know that you exist and are not interested then accept that they're not the one for you however if they don't know that you exist or they're you you know as in my friend and I we were we were very close friends and you know and so I, it was never going to happen but somebody who's kind of you know in the background we play in the same club or whatever it's just we see each other without really seeing each other then the tip to that is just make sure that this person knows that you exist like actively you know remembers you and knows your name and you go up to them and put yourself so put yourself in a situation where you will be interacting with this person more often but not in an uncomfortable way the only thing that's uncomfortable is kind of just pushing your own boundaries of just like okay I'm going to be a bit more out there and I'm going to make sure that they notice me so if it's at the gym go ask if you can you know split sets or if it's at a party go offer them a drink just like make sure you come into their consciousness yeah it's no it's important to put yourself out there and to show that you're interested in someone without having to force yourself on them and even in the film I think in 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 stitch is that is that what it's called hitch hitch sorry it's not stitch I don't know what's happening with my brain today but even that film when he um oh I forgot the name of the actor but the guy who Will Smith is helping even when he suddenly pretends to be like cool macho man that he isn't then she sort of loses interest in him because people sense it when it's not natural yeah, when it's not natural and a lot of times they fall in love with, with you know, being your genuine bubbly or, or bumbling really? self or, or, or it, with awkwardness or whatever it is. And it's... it just has to, again, it has to be natural. Yes, some people need more help and more support and, and, and need someone to, to help them through the process. But it, you, again, you can't force it to happen. And it won't happen if you don't put yourself out there, if you don't put yourself in a situation to get to know someone and for them to get to know you and fall in love with you. Yeah. Good, but, yeah. good way to end today's podcast. Yeah. Tell us what you thought. Ask us your questions. We we must put something up on Instagram and just get people to yeah. ask. Yeah, ask us the questions that you and have about falling in love and finding love and relationships and single life. And we'd be more than happy to respond. All of that. Uh, Pop Culture Cupid on all of the social media platforms. Come join us and let us know what you thought of our answers of today's questions. Bye. Bye-bye.